Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. I'm Mike Vardy, and this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. This is episode 200 of the show. Uh, a big milestone here, and uh, I'll get to the thank yous at the end of the episode, uh, but first I want to thank you for joining me, and I want to thank this week's guest, Will Henshaw. He is the CEO and founder of Focus at Will, and this episode is, because it's a celebratory special episode, it is about double the size of a regular episode. Uh, Will has a illustrious career, 30-year notable career. He's a startup entrepreneur. He's a tech inventor. He's a musician. Uh, he is uh, the he founded the platinum selling '90s British pop soul band London Beat. There's a song I've been thinking about you and come back. Those are Billboard hits. And uh, you know he started up Rocket Network in 1996. 
which ultimately was the invented, like he invented the Pro Audio Media Transfer Tool, Pro Tools Digi Delivery. We talk about all that stuff. We talk about focus at will. We talk about that direct line between happiness and productivity. We get to that point. Um, maybe we get to that indirectly, but we have a great time talking. It's a, it's a great episode. It might take you a couple listens to get through because normally we, you know, we only do about 25, 30 minutes. This is about an hour. So let's just get to it. Here's my conversation with Will Henshaw of Focus at Will here on the Productivity is Podcast 200th episode. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Will Henshaw to the Productivity is Podcast. Will, thanks for joining me today on this 200th episode of the show. Well, that's exciting. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> 200th. Yes. And the funny thing is, is um, this is uh, so we're, we're in June now of, of 2018. And and I have to say that uh, this is the 10 year anniversary of me podcasting, which is. Wow. Yeah, it's craziness. And I mean, I started off and I want to we're going to we're going to dive into a lot of great stuff today as we talk about, you know, focus and, and, and productivity and happiness and all all the stuff that kind of I've been speaking to a lot over the past few years on this show. But even before this podcast, I was talking about on previous podcasts, but I want to uh, for people who don't know who you are or uh, what, what, you know, why you might even be here today. Maybe do a little bit of introduction. And uh, can you start back where people might have heard of you before? Because I know that's kind of where it's, it's a bit of a fascinating story and how it's kind of gotten you where you are now. I think you know what I'm, I'm leading towards uh, there. Sure. <laughs> well, I had a misspent youth. <laughs> that's the best way of putting it. I was, um, I'm a songwriter as well as being a scientist and a, a tech inventor. And uh, the first thing I, I did when I left school was I was interested in writing songs and being in a recording studio and being a musical artist. And uh, at the age of 27, I had an overnight success of 10 years of incredibly hard work, just nose the grindstone, just never giving up uh, with the band London Beat. And London Beat was a British soul band, a uh, soul pop band uh, from the 90s. And um, we had a bunch of number one records between 1990 and 1994. Um, the song that everybody would remember was called I've Been Thinking About You. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, you probably remember that. Not me oh, yeah. singing it. Of course, I was not the singer in the band, but I was the the main writer in the band. And I was the um, I was the guitarist. And in the studio, I I double tracked everything. So I had a <clears throat> a period of a of a nine uh, an eight year ride uh, signed to a major label, touring all the you know, and doing all the things that you see people do. Um, apart from the fact I was sober and um, <laughs> happily married, uh, apart from those two things. Um, but touring uh, was a, uh, a fascinating way of seeing the world and growing up really fast. They say if you visit somewhere as a tourist, you get a very different um, uh, impression of a city than if you visit somewhere and work there. Mm. It's very interesting. You may go yeah. for two, you know, imagine going to Toronto, uh, right, for, say, mm -hmm. um, for a weekend as a tourist. And you, you, you'd be walking along and you, you'd kind of get a feel, go to some restaurants. But if you're actually gigging in Toronto, if you're actually on uh, Much Music, which is the or was the, you know, the still Canadian is. version of it's still around. Of MTV, <laughs> still is. Right? Yep. I played on that many times. Um, and um, you just get a different sense of what people are doing and, and and sort of this sort of leads to um, why I'm here today to an extent, and that is that different cultures and different cities have different work ethics and different uh, ways of uh, managing quality of life. And um, I, I learned during this period of my life that being super productive and being incredibly um, – effective at what you do um, doesn't necessarily equate with happiness because right. you have to, right? So yeah. it got me like, I was like burned out. I, my dream had come true. I had two number one records in the USA, many number one records that I'd written and played on all over the world. And it was burning me out. I was constantly either in the studio trying to recreate it or I'd be on the road. And I just, I got to the point where the quality of my life was impacting the very thing that I was trying to do, which is 
be creative and play music that inspires people. So I, I quit the band in 1994. I've always been interested in technology. I come from a British, I, I live in California and uh, I've been here for many years, but I'm originally British, as you can probably tell from the accent. Um, and uh, I come from a long line of British inventors. And um, I've always been interested in in, in uh, computer technology, in software, uh, weirdly, the way that you record the process of recording multi-track music, multi-track audio in a recording studio is very similar to the process of creating software. Right. Right. That's a weird thing to say, but it, it, it actually is. It, it, you know, it's funny. I, when I was working, I used to work in college radio back when I was near Toronto. I worked in Hamilton and I was a college radio in the early 90s. So I was working for McMaster Radio and uh, it was a college station. And, uh, you know, it, back then it was real to real. Like a lot of that stuff was done. But then when I moved here to Victoria, uh, everything was digital. And it, yeah. it, it kind of threw me a little bit. But yeah. it was very, it was, um, and it was interesting because when I was in that college state, and this is, the, uh, there's actually a, a bit of a story there, is that I felt that I thought I was going to keep going in that direction, working radio as a, as a uh -huh. DJ. Not a very <laughs> lucrative uh, not a very lucrative, but sure. it was, it was great. But once I, once I left Hamilton and moved out, out to Victoria to work for Costco, which a lot of people would know that that's kind of the trajectory that I went down for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went to the college station here in Victoria, British Columbia, and they said, Oh, you've, you've, you've been a DJ before. So you know, all this stuff and everything was digital. And, you know, we, and I think this is related to kind of happiness as well, is that you recognize when a moment ha was there and it is, it, it has passed. It is no longer, yeah. you know, yeah. so I went in and, and they said, we love it. And I looked around and I said, no, this is not, this is, this would be, this doesn't even replace what was there before. It's completely yeah. different. And so yeah, I was okay with letting that go. How did you, I mean, you obviously had the, the technology stuff that kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, usurped or, uh, you know, took over. Um, and it was something that you, you kind of had an affinity towards was that that must've made it much easier for you to let go of the music side of things and, and allow you to apply some of that creativity towards the, the technology stuff. Right. Yeah, it, it did. Um, I was a very early electronic music, uh, pioneer and a very early electronic what is now called EDM electronic dance music, but back in the it was house music, you know, in, in the eighties. And, um, I was involved in the, in something called the acid house movement, which came out of the UK in, uh, 1986 and seven. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> for any tech, music technologists out there, this was the, the, um, the 909, uh, drum machine and the 303 bass machine that had that sound to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and something called a 106, which was a, a, a a Roland keyboard. And with those three things, you could make this incredibly loud, effective dance music that was in your face when you listened to it loud in a big club. And I got fascinated with this interface of electronic music and humanity. And, um, all my, all my time in the eighties as a record producer, uh, I'd have, I'd be trying to make drummers play in time. So what we would do is we'd we'd record a drummer and we'd find one bar that was great and then we'd re that we'd loop that. I'd literally on the tape machine. You're talking about bits of tape here. I'd literally get a 24 track tape, cut it up and mm -hmm. make one awesome bar and then copy that a bunch of times onto another tape. So now finally I had a drum track that was in time. I found out this kind of recently. Here's a crazy bit of music trivia for you. The Bee Gees, remember them? Yep. Staying alive, staying alive. They did this and they had all of their hits were staying alive and um, Greece and all of that stuff they did um, was done with one drum, drawn one drum bar and then they copied it. Wow. So, isn't that crazy? That is. So that this, is. All of the Bee Gees records, most uh, the engineer told me that I don't know it's all of them, but most of the hits had the same drum pattern on it. And of course, when we had technology, I was able to go, oh, I don't have to muck about with <laughs> bits of tape and trying to make this drummer play in time. Um, that that interest, early interest in sort of a hybrid of art and audio technology led me to the next thing that I, I did after I quit the band in 94. And that was um, music stopped had stopped being recorded on 
tape, multi-track tapes, as we've been talking about. And it started to be uh, recorded on hard drive. And uh, there were two or three companies at the time that were doing this. One, of course, is Pro Tools. Everybody's familiar with mm -hmm. that. The first version of Pro Tools was called Sound Tools. And it was very crude, but it would allow you to do two-track digital recording and two-track digital editing. It's very crude. It was slow. It wasn't very reliable. But I just uh, – I'd also uh, – another thing that happened was I, I've been online a long time. I was on a – system called the well in the uh, mid 80s, which was a sort of a dial up internet service back in the day. And for me, even though the, the modems were very slow, I think my first modem was um, 9600 bowed, um, 96, may even been less than that. <laughs> tiny, tiny right. trickle of single digit letters. But I thought, you know, when modems get faster, if they do, this huge audio file, which is 50 megs, will be able to be transmitted over these things. And that got me thinking as the early 90s progressed and as now internet access became faster and the huge file of 50 megs, um, which was a, a typical audio track in digital uh, form, that then became possible to transmit over the wires, over the cables. And that had me uh, create something called Rocket Network and over the next, um, winding very swiftly on through uh, 2003, um, I was I, I moved to San Francisco and started a company called Rocket Network. Um, we developed something called Digi Delivery, um, which is now part of the Pro Tools cloud collaboration system. Wow! So, and what it does is it networks recording studios. Oh, so. Now, you and I are talking on a line now. We're just using Skype to do this because there's two of us, right? There's mm -hmm. me talking, you're listening. And so I'm in Los Angeles and, and you're in, in uh, BC, right? Yeah. So um, this works. But what if I had a band here? And what if you were the singer? How, how could we do that? If we were trying to record something, it, the sync, there's, there's actually a delay when I'm talking to you that we're used to. But that delay means you can't actually sync multitracks over a distance and we figured out how to do it and um it became this thing called digi delivery and then i sold the company as i said to avid in 2003 having had a sort of a, a vertical learning curve in software development and uh patent the patent process we got five patents around this core technology that we sold then to pro tools you know and taught me a lot about again the practical, uh, the, the, the practical process aspects of, okay, it's one thing to invent something, but how do you make it into a thing? There's 1% invention and, and inspiration and 99% sheer hell. <laughs> Frustration. <laughs> Pushing yeah. a wet noodle uphill, fighting with developers. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> that is what gave me the, 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 the sort of the groundwork in these two worlds, which was, you know, achieving some level of notable success in both the, the arts as a, as a recording, uh, artist and as a songwriter and as a technologist developing audio technology. So I'm winding forward right now to the current day. Um, the reason we're talking is, um, that I am the founder of a company called focus at will. And, uh, we are a, we've been going for six years. And we are a music service, a streaming music service that plays music that helps you focus and be more productive when you're working and studying. Uh, yeah, I'm taking yeah. a breath. Did, no, did no, that, no, that's good. That that's question? good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, need a, I need a nap after all that. <laughs> so you, so, and focus as well. I mean, it's been, like you said, it's been around for, for several years now. I've used mm -hmm. it, still use it. Um, and for those, uh, you know, obviously there'll be links in the show notes and all that stuff to 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 focus at will because you're right. It, it definitely has a. I mean, it it brings us to that level of of, of productivity that that you know we talk about here. But the, I want to talk. I want to circle back a little bit to the evolution. Like you 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 had success as a musician, then you had a success success as basically a a, a software developer. You know, for lack of, I'll, I'll throw that out there. Like you built a. Essentially, you built software, and you've yeah. done it again with with Focus at Will. But 
the what's it been like transitioning from each one to each one and and where you're at now like what is what have been the lessons because i think a lot of people we hear about serial entrepreneurs and we hear about yeah. people who have the the day job and then they have the side hustle and they're i mean i've done that where i had the day job and then i built what we're what we're doing right now was initially a side job and now it is the thing that earns me a living there's always these things that are evolving because i mean like you said you you, you blend art and commerce or the human plus the plus technology there there is the human element there so what what have been like some of the lessons or the the takeaways you've had as you've gone from where you were with with london beat and and, and as a musician to where you are now and what you know in terms of maybe just in terms of productivity um success happiness that kind of thing sure <clears throat> there's a third leg to the three-legged stool that i haven't talked about oh and, okay well let's talk uh, about it and it is to do with entrepreneurial business and fundamentally understanding that a, uh, a business is viable when you provide um, a service or a product that 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 really maps that a, 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 um, a need in society at a price that people will 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 spend. And um, I come from a long tradition of entrepreneur inventors. So uh, my granddad ran a TV store. Um, in, back in the UK, um, back and I always remember him talking about he wanted to run an ad in the local paper, and the ad would cost him the same as the money he made on selling one television. I just remember him talking about this. So he said, "What we're going to do is we're going to run this ad, and it, I'm going to give away a TV. But then the next person that comes in, aha, they're coming in, and I and I, they're coming in for free." And I was like, as a kid, just remember thinking, that is such a weird way to look at it. But that is the basis of business. You know, you 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 advertise and you get people coming in. So after I sold the company uh, Rocket Network to Pro Tools, I actually had to work there for a couple of years as part of the deal. Um, and during that time, I learned a huge amount about, you know, the the best software developing teams in the world in audio and video at the time were working for Pro Tools for DigiDesign, uh, which is Avid, uh, three different words for the same company. And I, um, <clears throat> after I did that, I quit completely and decided to do a business. And mm -hmm. I, I ran a photo agency. I've always been interested in photography. And so I ran a, a retail business. Uh, we became part of a, um, a here in LA, we, 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 we partnered up with a well-known um, event um, company and uh, good gracious they were called and we we ran um you know teams of photographers doing all kinds of things from bar mitzvahs to weddings to we had a lot of um uh, a-list celebs that even now i can't really discuss where we'd be doing these crazy events and providing pr photographers for their their private uh, you know birthdays and weddings and things it was kind of a crazy time but what that taught me was a great deal of hands-on experience about actually the retail process because a business is actually a dollar hitting the business. It, it, there's all of these, you know, we, we get so uh, spun up with like, um, you know, Twitter, they haven't, uh, haven't become a profit yet. That is right. a unicorn. No. And when I have young, you know, entrepreneurs asking me for advice and they got an idea and we're going to revolutionize and disrupt the thing. I'm like, where's the dollar? Come on, that's it's because ultimately that is what business is. It's about providing a service and adding value to the service and providing value to society, you know. So this third leg, which was a, um, a, a, a another vertical learning curve in how business actually works, running a retail business, um, running a uh, for profit. Uh, what I mean by that is a, a non-investment, uh, like day one, we got to make the, the money this week to cover the rent for the, to pay the people to, you know, um, I, I did that for, uh, seven years and it really honed my entrepreneurial mind. Those three things then led me to focus at will where I was like, Hmm, if I, we started folks at will in 2010 and if I'd have sat with you, uh, Mike and I, if I'd said, Hey, um, I'm going to start a music streaming service and I think we'll be, um, breaking even, um, in, in, in sort of five years, you would have been like, what? You're, you're insane. <laughs> what are you talking about? No one has done that. 
And that's what's happened. We've done it. And, and part of the reason that we've done it is that we were able to find a niche and, and a demand that is not met by anybody in the existing music business. We think of music as being um, entertainment. We think of it as a commodity. You're driving, you put the radio on and we sing along and it makes you feel good. And the music, as far as the neuroscience goes, the music actually goes in your ear straight to your pleasure center, which is your, your limbic system where you feel things. That's why we like music. But we discovered that a lot of people like to listen to music when they're working and studying. And I was like, you know, I think that's distracting people. I don't know if if you're trying to listen to like Journey or Aerosmith, well, whatever it is, you're going to be singing along with Yesterday, the Beatles, right? All oh, my troubles, right? you're going to be typing that. Even subconsciously. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same right. reason why when you are when you fail to capture things, like let's say right. something's in your head. Um, yeah. And I, I do this a lot when I talk <laughs> with people. It's like you're writing something, all of a sudden you write out buy milk in an email. You're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I should have written that. Like it's the same principles, right? I, I totally agree. <laughs> we did some um, – I'm jumping around a little here, but we did some early uh, when we were trying to find out what kind. So uh, Focus at Will is music that is uh, instrumental music, specifically designed, curated, commissioned for the purpose of focus enhancement. And as part of the process, we raised about five million bucks and we're funded by Singularity University um, uh, and uh, 500 startups and a few other Silicon Valley luminaries. And um, we we actually did some experiments with what what is the most distracting music? We're trying to find the least distracting music, music that helps you be productive. But what is the most distracting music? And um, we found that the most popular bands are the most engaging and the most distracting. Yeah. Well, duh. And the one <laughs> artist that in the lab we just could not ever knock off the top, um, that the top rung of being the most distracting is Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Snoop! Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> you measure, you put, if you love it's it gotta music, be. It's got to be his voice, too. It's got to be the cadence right? of his It's got to be that. The, the cadence of his voice, the yep. little click, 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 click things, yep. the drop it like it's And it measurably slows you down uh, when you're listening to it. The other one we found was, uh, again, the Beatles. It was She Loves Me. She Loves You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put that on and people are like, oh, man, you got to turn this off. Um, um, we were, we were doing standardized tests, which is like, you know, um, take this, uh, copy this text to this other window or take this dictation, you know, listen to what people are saying and try and, or do these math prob problems, you know? So that was how we sort of scientifically started to find out, okay, well, is there music that will make you more productive to bring it right to this conversation? What kind of music does make you more productive? And why is it some people like to listen to crazy noisy techno and other people like classical music and um uh five years and five million dollars and a lot of late nights in the lab we started to figure out that um different people have different types of um of, of brain there's you could think of them as like personality types um you, you, have you heard of the Myers-Briggs um, personality types? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, I yeah, mean, yeah. there's a lot. Yeah, Myers-Briggs. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of those uh, yeah. personality tests. But yes, Myers-Briggs is definitely the most popular. We we use one called um, the Big Five, which is OCEAN, which mm -hmm. stands for you, – you probably come across that. It yeah. stands for uh, openness, um, conscientiousness, extrovertism, agreeableness, and neuro uh, uh, neuroticism. And people can be graded on a scale of – you know, zero to 100 by asking a series of, again, standard psychological questions at, at the deepest level. It's like a two hour exam where they ask you some really whack questions about how do you feel about that thing? And how do you feel about that thing? We just asked you three questions ago. And uh, is this a pink bunny in a green field or a green bunny? in a? it's very kind of strange stuff. But there's a um, there's a whole discipline and um, very well-established uh, set of scientific uh, data and, and agreed uh, consensus on how um, the big five uh, puts people into certain categories. And we discovered that there is a direct link to your big five personality type and how easily distracted you are and what kind of music will most effectively um, help you focus and concentrate. And, and by the way, a quick spoiler, one person out of three 
who tries to do this, it won't work at all. So one person out of three can't listen to any music. It just doesn't work statistically for them. Which is interesting so, because, and I definitely want to link there. There's because um, when you're when I'm looking at focus at will, and there's there's two sides to this, and I want to put this out there right now, just because you know it's 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 definitely out there. Is uh, there's an article in Wired which I will link to that talks mm-hmm. about a focus at will, and it's funny because the the you can tell that like you said that percentage of people, if it doesn't work, it's dismissive. It's almost they dismissed, it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's it just ridiculous. it. Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's it's the same reason. I mean, when you know, it's the same reason why some people say, I mean, there's always going to be some people who, who are going to disagree or that it's just not going to mm-hmm. work for. Um, mm-hmm. What I find hilarious is that, and I think that this comes down to like our different co- uh, cognitive biases, right? You know, like mm-hmm. if it doesn't mm-hmm. work for me, then it's not going to work for anybody. And I don't, you know, I think that that's why neuroscience gets a bit of a bad rap, right? Is because yeah. people... People are like, I can't, there's no way, there's no way. So I'll link, because you see some of the comments and some of them are very much like, you know, yep, no way. But then there's an interesting pocket of people, which I, I'd like to get to, which is those who have um, ADHD or ADD. Uh-huh. They, they're uh-huh. very much like, no, you, I, the music does work for me. And I know that yeah. Focus at Will does have, there's actually like settings inside of Focus at Will uh-huh. for that particular spectrum, right? Well, we have a million and a half users. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. I yeah. this is paying us, uh, you know, it's it's a hundred, you know, ninety nine bucks a year, and it's it's uh, ten bucks a month. And right, uh, I, I wish everybody was paying us ten bucks a month. They're not, but um, all the same, uh, we have a real business, and it's kind of, I don't have to prove it. I just look, no, I no. look at the data, you know. So yeah, you're right that it doesn't work for one person out of three, and they always have a very visceral like, oh you know this 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 is ridiculous so this this won't work for anyone you shouldn't do this yeah one more person out of three so imagine three people right one more person out of three it works yeah it works kind of well for yeah they Mm -hmm. they don't mind you know it's helped me today sure sure but one person out of three has a like a oh my god this is my blankie i'm never gonna never use this again it's in the, it's, gonna it, not it, use this again. It's, it's in the dock in their in their phones like it's like uh-huh, the app uh-huh, right whereas uh-huh. you're right the, the middle group is more like i i think and we talked about this before i'm more in the middle uh-huh. group where i i uh-huh. use it frequently but i don't need to use it all the time but there uh-huh. are lots of people that like you say and let's let, let's dive uh-huh. into that those people who are like no you don't understand if i this this <laughs> works <laughs> yeah one of I, I have um, a very strong science team and uh, one of my <clears throat> I don't know if I can have a favorite or not, but um, we have a psychiatrist uh, <clears throat> uh, in, on the team whose name is Dr. Ned Hallowell. And mm-hmm. he is um, he is a world expert on ADHD or ADD. And um, he's written the best selling books. There's one called um, Driven to Distraction. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, an, it's if you look at books on ADD, you, you'll find it. Another one called Driven to Distraction at Work. Um, and we're actually mentioned in the books as, as a company before we met him, interestingly. Wow. Um, and, and through through Ned, uh, Edward Hallowell, we have learned a lot about the the clinical diagnosis and the clinical uh, – it's something called psychophysiology, which is the study of uh, brain um, in terms of the function of the brain as opposed to the physical layout of the brain. And um, – what is ADD? Why is this? Because in some countries, including the UK where I, I grew up, it is not regarded as a real thing. And it's that's not true. No. Um, that's not true. It is a real thing. Come on. We all know it. So it turns out that about um, one person in eight or one person, about 10% of the population – have some kind of distractibility challenges. In other words, that they just get distracted with stuff a lot. And if you think about your own friend group, your social group, you've got those friends. Think about this. We've all got friends who can drink an espresso coffee late at night and go to sleep. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Mike? Can you drink a coffee at night and still sleep? So yesterday I had a uh, I had a cherry coke at about seven o'clock, uh, uh-huh. which from and it's a it's it was an imported one, so it was from Great oh, Britain. Yeah. And I can I can uh, caffeine and I are friends. I don't really struggle with yeah. going to sleep. So yeah, no, I'm I'm more. Yeah. I know I can't now. I mean, I, I, if it was, I'd say ten o'clock at night. 
no. But if it's later in the like the I think what do they say? If you drink caffeine after four, five, six PM, yeah. like that's that's yeah. that's probably not a good idea. Uh I can drink it as late as, you know, nine o'clock at night and be fine. Yeah. Good. Um <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing, smiling enormously over here. Because <laughs> This shows they say that that they, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it is generally regarded as if you drink a coffee after you four o'clock or two o'clock. Uh, my girlfriend can't drink a coffee after noon. Wow. She's like it keeps her up at night. So we all have a different response to stimulants. Mm-hmm. Stimulants of all kinds, coffee being uh, well, caffeine being the obvious one. And and right? I think our body clocks are different too, right? Like that's the other yeah. thing is is I'm yeah. more of a night owl. So right. therefore my right. body you know, the my physiology is kind of said, Hey, you know what? I mean, that was for me doing comedy for years. And I'm sure, you know, I mean that that that's what yeah. would happen. I'd finish a show and I'd be yeah. raring to go for you know, the high after yeah. a show, the natural Absolutely. high. And then you cr- right. then, then like two AM hits and you're like you're done, right? So that hasn't gone away. Yeah. Let me jump into what you just said because sure. you just you just said as a as a comic, you're looking for a natural high. There are some jobs that have a lot of activity. You need a lot of stimulus to do the job. A comic is a great example. Other jobs that um Some people are really calm in a crisis. Okay, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. So um, battlefield surgeon, uh, first responders of any type, um, air traffic controllers, right? Uh, Comics, anybody doing live TV or live radio, there's, there's this kind of calm comes over you if you're good at doing this when you're on live TV. And I remember doing my first, I did a, 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 back in the day, I did an MTV Unplugged back in the band days. And I was incredibly nervous about doing my first live MTV Unplugged across millions of people watching. And as soon as I sat down, this calm came over me. And I was like, hey, this feels (laughs) wrong. And so what, what happens, just to, just to briefly explain, the ADD brain, and I'm quoting Dr. Uh, Ned Hallowell here directly, everybody has a clock uh, at the back of their brain, which is keeping us on track. And um, it's a little like the old slave days when there's a bunch of slaves in the boat and then the guy at the back going, pulls, clack, right? That clock in my brain right now is saying, talk to Mike, talk to Mike. And so I can concentrate on you because the clock keeps telling me to do the thing I'm doing. Talk to Mike, talk to Mike, talk to Mike, right? Now, if that clock is running slowly, what's going to happen? It's going to go talk to Mike. And now my the front part of my brain is like a, a, a kid in the backseat of the car going, are we there yet? And I'm looking out the window and I'm going, whoa, look at that. Is that a squirrel? <laughs> uh, what was I doing? Hey, sorry, Mike, I was drifting, right? So um, when you are like that. What happens is you need a lot of stimulus to be able to concentrate. Now, evolutionarily, having one person in 10 in the in a tribe able to be calm in a crisis when there's the arrows are coming over, there's crazy stuff happening, and you're able to go, I got this, I got this, right? Um, that is a huge advantage. But in our society now, there's not always that many kinds of crises. So people who are good in a crisis, it just means they need a lot of stimulus going on. So this is why um, Ritalin and Adderall being um, amphetamines actually, Mm -hmm. right, uh, are given to people with ADD and it calms them down. So if my clock, this is very counterintuitive, if my clock is actually running slowly, my internal mental clock, um, and uh, I can't concentrate because my mind is race is is looking in other places. If I drink a few coffees, it's going to speed my clock up, which is means I'm going to be able to concentrate on what you're saying. Right. 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 So the more ADD or the more easily distracted you are, the slower this clock is in your brain. Yeah, because it leaves gaps. So That's the thing, right? Rebel. Yeah, because it's, it's leaving, it's right. leaving, it it's gaps. leaving gaps for attention for things to steal your attention away. Which is why exactly, yeah. Which is why I think it's 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 interesting because productivity. Uh, when I talk to people about productivity, it's it's like you know what, some you need to slow down sometimes to figure out what to do because if yeah. you're just going and and looking at a list sequentially or you're not thinking yeah. about it, you're just doing it, you know, instinctively, then you could end up doing the wrong things altogether. So it sounds counterintuitive, just like you're saying, yeah. to say, hey, yeah. sometimes you need to slow down to make sure you're actually doing the right things as opposed to just 
checking off a bunch of boxes or cranking a bunch of widgets. But you're right. It doesn't seem people would say, well, mm-hmm. well no, wouldn't wouldn't the ADHD brain or the uh, attention uh, attention distracted brain be going a mile a minute? No, it, no. no, it's the it's the other way around because you've, they, got they, you've got gaps there that need to be filled. Um, Ned Hallowell talks about this thing, which is called overfocusing. And um, as an ADD brain or just someone who has difficult concentrating, if you drink a, a coffee and you find yourself focusing, unless you point yourself at something that needs to be done that is productive, you will find yourself being productive, shuffling things around on your desktop or, uh, you know, putting your stamp collection in order. And mm-hmm. so the key, if you are someone who recognizes that you have distraction challenges, is to make sure that when you drink a coffee or if, if you're on meds for ADD, that when you take the meds or when you drink a coffee or two, that you're actually already focused on the thing you need to get done. Otherwise, you'll get the feeling and the satisfaction of getting things done, but you're doing the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> it's right. called over-focusing. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's a real problem for some people. So I want to t- circle back to the idea of you talked a bit about happiness earlier on yeah. and happiness. And, and, and I think this directly ties into, you know, this idea of focus and, and having, you know, the, the, you know, kind of the will not to, not to pun this up or whatever, but just have the <laughs> will to do, to do the, the, the right things that, that will make you happy as opposed to being productive for pro- productivity's sake or, you know, what, I think that there's a correlation there that people don't, I mean, people are, uh, again, checking off as many boxes as possible will lead them to success, which will make them happy. And, and you you talked about, you know, your journey along the way here. Um, What have you found, you know, in terms of, of happiness? And you talked about that when you, I mean, when you were touring that, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got people who live in a place and and we, we talked about this before about the blue zones of happiness, you know, the, the, which there's so many things we can dive into, but, what have you found when it comes to happiness, productivity, and success? Like, what what have you found for yourself? Well, you hear people talking about this all the time. It's about a quality of life and a balance, a work-life balance and so on. But it's not really that simple. Um, if you're doing something that you love, that is meaningful to you in some way, and during your workday, you're able to get into a flow state of some kind doing that thing that you love you will find that you are able to be as productive as you possibly can be. I want to talk about a flow state for a minute. People are probably familiar with the, with the idea of athletes being in a flow state. Um, you know, if you, if you look at any, any sportsman, um, yeah, I was growing up, it was Michael Jordan, you know, and then, then it was Shaq, you know, in, in those fields and Maradona in the football world. Um, it, these, these humans have developed the ability to be incredibly relaxed and Zen and, um, meditative at the same time as being highly coiled and ready to just perform physically at their absolute, absolute best. Um, I've I've got a friend here in LA who's, uh, who's a, a performance coach and he's coached a lot of Olympic, he's an Olympic gold medalist cyclist himself. And he was saying that, um, a lot of athletes have the physical ability, but the bit they do not have is the mental focus. It's that it's the ability for stillness and to be able to sustain a flow state, both physically and mentally at the same time. Now, when you're working, you're, you're writing a blog piece or you're <laughs> doing some email or you, 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 you're writing a code or you're designing something, um, you can get into a flow state. A different type of flow state. And I can ask these three questions. Have you ever had a flow state where you lose track of time? You feel a sense of peace and joy in doing the things you're doing. And you feel you feel at, at one somehow. You you just feel at one with the universe. It, it's this fascinating um deep human experience that we've all done. And you can get this playing with your puppy on the beach. You can get this hanging out with your kids. You can, you can get this just walking along with, uh, with the one you love. You have this sense of profound, um, peace of mind and happiness and you lose track of time. You go, wow, where did the time go? If you ever say that, 
you were in a flow state. Now, when you're in a flow state working, you will be generally doing the best work that you're doing. So if your if your if your work is say um, you check spreadsheets, uh, you know if if you're working in an accountant's office, and your job is to double check those P and Ls, your job is to double check all these very complex cells. <laughs> the equations make sense. You will be able to find beauty in that, and you will be able to get yourself into a flow state where you're sort of looking at a spreadsheet with soft eyes, and you're able to just intuit where the problem is if there is one with this spreadsheet. Um, that is where happiness and productivity meet. And you can be in, I've got friends that work in Google and Apple and they're software engineers. And when you work in those companies, every keystroke is logged and you're sort of stuck in the hamster wheel of their productivity machine. And if you're not able to find your own flow state on top of the mechanisms that they give you for working on, you're not going to work out there. So my, I have started to realize that happiness at work is being most productive while you're reaching that state of, of peace and, and, you know, happiness. I mean, is, is that where you are? Um, Mike, is, does that make yeah. sense to you? Yeah. And, and I think, so it's funny, we, you know, I've been reading more about, um, you know, this is a book and I'll put a link to the show. It's called Ikigai, which is the Japanese mm -hmm. term for, you know, waking up to do what you are meant to do. That's basically yes. kind of the loose translation of it. And flow is mm -hmm. talked about, of course, I've, I've, I, I mean, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi's book is like staring right back at me. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. but for me, I, I think the, the hard part for a lot of people is, um, and, and this is kind of what I've, I've tried to help people with and by doing it for myself first, kind of like how you've self-experimented. I've done the same thing, which is right. how do I, how do I get an, into flow and stay there as long as possible? So right. I talk about, you know, theming my days. So that way I know what the ideal tasks like the focus should be for that day. So when I finish, uh -huh. you know, like, for example, right now we're doing this on my video day. So we're not doing <laughs> video great. right now. Uh -huh. um, but but when I'm done talking to you, I, will, I won't go, what do I do now? I will say, what video should I be doing now? So uh -huh. I, it, it propels me. It funnels my focus. Same thing with what I call mode-based work. So, hey, I, you know, I'm going into writing mode. What are all the writing things I can do? And you can do that with, I mean, with, like you said, uh, uh, gardening. I did that with gardening the other day. Uh -huh. You know, you get out there. Uh -huh. I'm not a gardener. But once you're in it, 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 I think that the whole point, and you you illustrated this, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of expand upon it, is what happens when you get in the state of flow is that you get the meshing of qualitative and quantitative mm -hmm. work. So you get yeah. high quality, but yeah. because you're in that flow, you're getting as much of the right things done as possible. So you're able to actually complete more and kind of do less better, I guess, for lack of a better term, yeah. you know, and yeah. I don't think if you're in the state of flow, I've never heard anyone say, wow, I'm so overwhelmed. Like if yeah. anything, exactly. you're overwhelmed, <laughs> you're overwhelmed by the amazement. That would be uh -huh. it. But you're uh -huh. not over. You don't feel overwhelmed. You yeah. don't feel you feel you feel like you are doing the thing that you should be doing at that given moment and better. And once once you put yourself, I mean, we're kind of luck, lucky in that we um, for the most part, we have a lot more private control over what we do mm -hmm. and because we write. So we can not only do that in a particular moment, but we might be able to do that for an entire day, an entire week or yes. our entire lives. And I think yeah. that, like you said, um, is the goal. That's where, you know, success is subjective, right? Uh, yes. happiness is subjective and so is yes. productivity. It's very personal. And I think what, what you've talked about as we've got to this point is the idea of, you know, meshing that tech and humanity. You yes. can't, productivity is not about gross domestic product and it's no. not about checking off as many. I mean, it's not about being efficient and effective because if you're being efficient and effective about the wrong things, you're not being productive. It's, yeah. it's about meshing that human component with the, 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 you know, the tech that can help you facilitate the human component. And I think yes. that, that, that that's the, so, you know, I mean, I think that that's the big thing is that people need to, I mean, look at you with music. You said, how do yeah. I, how do I make this, 
how do I how do I open the door so that I don't have to do this repetitive work? It's a life hack. What you did was a life hack with that stuff, right? For, was, that's what yeah. life hacks were designed for. Life hacks, and you know, having worked in the tech industry, that life hacks were designed initially by coders to do the repetitive tasks so they could really yeah. do the deeper things <laughs> that couldn't be hacked. So uh-huh. I think that 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 what what I I love about uh, focus at will. And what I love about just studying this kind of stuff is that you realize that, Hey, you know what? Um, if you're being, if you're, if you're spending your time doing productive, you're not necessarily being productive. And if you can, you leverage technology and leverage, um, frameworks to allow you to do the deep, meaningful work that will provide you with, or make you happy, then that's really what we should be striving for more than, than anything else. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there's two types of distraction. There's like someone's outside with a jackhammer. Yep. And then you're in the perfect environment. You're in the did, library. Did, did you hear quiet. the jackhammer just now, by I, the way? I did not actually know. <laughs> <laughs> but you're and right. Then, yep. then these are internal distractions, which mm-hmm. are actually the problems. You can always move away from the jackhammer, right? But yes. it's that little voice, a little voice in your head. Um, the, 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 um, the, the focus that will tech, there's kind of two levels for anyone that get that's interested. First of all, yeah, you have a one in three chance of it not working for you at all. So if it doesn't, sorry, we can't help you. But you have a two out of three chance it'll work pretty well and one out of three chance it'll work great. But when you get into the system, there's an onboarding. Uh, we were talking about the big five personality tests. We have a built-in onboarding um it's a it's a channel recommender and it has an 80 percent chance of recommending a, a, a genre on the system that will work for you because everybody is really different. And in 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 essence, how it works is the more easily distracted you are in life, the more energy you need in the music stream. So if you are really ADD, like one of Dr. Ned Hallowell's patients, the kind of music that will work best for you is very crazy, aggressive sounding industrial techno from, from we, we, we actually commissioned these guys in, in Europe to do it. It's, it's nuts. sounds like a car door slamming again and again at 200 beats per minute. It's like the jackhammer making music uh-huh, in some respects. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't work for me, but I've listened to it. I'm like, wow. Right? But, but you're yeah. right. There are people that, that, that definitely swear by it. 5% of our users listen to that channel eight hours a day. <laughs> Wow, I couldn't. It's fact. I, know, I couldn't either. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. But if your brain is underclocked significantly, what this does is very similar to to taking some kind of physical stimulant. Um, what it's doing is it's actually clocking your brain using uh, symp- sympathetic resonance. And so we found actually that you can uh, have the very similar effect of drinking a bunch of coffee or or, or taking stimulants if if you're a if you're actually on a doctor's prescription for that, well, you can do a very similar thing by using audio when you're working. It pushes you to a certain yeah. extent. I've, I've noticed yeah. music, I find music does that. Like, so you talked about this at the very beginning is we talked about the idea that, you know, music, there, there's an emotional response. I actually have playlists on Apple Music for every month or every two, sometimes it's two months depending. But it's like, why are those songs on there? Because either I listen to it. So for example, right now, uh, LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out is on my April, May playlist because we're recording this right. in May. Why? Because Deadpool <laughs> 2 is coming out and that's the song uh-huh. from the trailer. So anything right. that that shows up, I put in that playlist because it's a it acts as a touchstone or a reminder. And I think that that – so what I find is like certain certain songs – like that's why workout music works too a lot for a lot mm-hmm. of people, right? It's mm-hmm. like that's the song that will propel – so I like watching pro wrestling. That's not a secret to a lot of people listening to the show. <laughs> who've listened for a while Good for and, you. And only because it's an escape like uh, yeah. the, you cannot take it seriously but right. those songs are all super like let's go i'm gonna uh-huh. be the champ all that stuff those songs uh-huh. are on my playlists every once in a while why because they propel me to move forward and what sure. it's i mean i can't say this for sure and you maybe you can you know kind of piggyback off of this but i would imagine that those high octane ADHD mixes because they they are so um permit like they're just so there like you can't it's almost like it pushes it, it, to my to, it pushes you back to the thing you should be working on because the alternative is just so not it's just it's not conducive to work at all does that make sense yeah 
Yeah, it, it is literally uh, imagine that uh, you're in the in the boat with, uh, you know, all the other people with the oars and mm-hmm. you're, you're you're rowing and then it's at the back going, pull, pull, go faster. Yep, yep. And that's what it's doing to your brain in a way. It's keeping you on track. It's keeping you concentrating on the thing you're doing. Um, we uh, we we find that there is a fatigue sets in and most of the people that use the system, there's a timer built into the focus at will app. And most sessions are about 80 to 90 minutes. And you cannot, even if you find that when you find the, the, the channel that works and the genre and there's an energy level, there's a few other things the system walks you through to find out after about 80 or 90 minutes, you've got to stop. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you, you I, can't. Yeah. And, and, and I um, and, and I can't use it for short term tasks either. I right, don't really right. use it for the 25 minute Pomodoro uh-huh. type of thing. I'm not a huge yeah, fan yeah. of Pomodoro anyway. I use right. it for like the I'm going to sit down right now and I tend to use it in my and I'll link to this in the show notes, but I have three horizontal themes that I have throughout my day. So oh. seven days a week uh, from eight to nine a.m. Right. It, it used to be nine to ten, but I have to make it eight to nine now. It's, I call it maintaining mode. So it's all the low hanging because I remember I'm a night owl. So it's all yeah. the low hanging fruit. Like I could do right. this kind of stuff half asleep. Yeah, yeah. I play it during that hour. Then during my making time between two p.m. and four p.m., which is according to again another Dr. Michael Bruce who studies. I oh, yeah. had him on the show before. You, you know, Mike. We've talked about. He's him a friend before. of mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So from yeah. two to four is my prime making time. Again, mm-hmm. focus at will is happening. Um, but even then, it doesn't happen for the full straight two hours. There's normally a, a breaking point at some point. And then in the evening, after, um, you know, uh, there, there's a two-hour window, which I call musing from 10 p.m. to, to 12 a.m., and that's right. also playing. So that's when I'm either writing in my journal. Got the it. only time I don't play it is when I'm meditating, and that's it. Yep. And I could. I literally yep. probably could do it with the yep. with the selections I have. But yep. those – the the rest of the day it generally isn't i'm not using it as much unless i'm diving unless i feel like i'm gonna like friday is my deep work day so that might be an example of where i use it but i'm very i think that again it's kind of like having a toolbox you go okay Mm -hmm. well what i want to have a a plethora of tools or or you're a golfer like okay well here's my here's my set of clubs which club is going to be the most useful for for me at this particular point in time and i think that for me focus at will is is a tool that I use and I like to have at my, at my disposal when I, when I need to use it. I don't yes. use it all the time, but I, and I think that that's kind of what you're saying here, right? Yeah. It's not for entertainment. No. If, if you, in fact, the most powerful uh, button on the app's interface is the skip button. This is counterintuitive if you, if you like listening to music, because if you're trying to work on something and there's a track on in the background that you like or you dislike, you noticed it. And folks that will works best when you hear a ding, when the channel starts, when the, when it starts up and then you don't notice it because you're in that flow state. Wow. Time just went by. I did 80 minutes and then you hear the ding and you're out. So what that, um, skip button is doing is it's teaching the system, this track and track similar to it don't work well for you and your personal, um, uh, focus profile. And, um, that's the opposite. Usually you, you, you play Pandora or Spotify or Apple music and you, you, you're like, Oh, I love that song. What is it? I like that. I'm going to, yep. I'm going to make a note of it. So we've actually had to train our users a lot about, Hey, this is kind of weird, but if you like a track or you dislike a track, that doesn't count. What matters is that it took you out of your flow state. So skip yeah. it. It's People almost go, well, like, want- it, it's like Amazon preferences in a lot of ways. When you're, right. when you're buying books on Amazon, you're like, you, right. if you bought this book, you'll probably like this. I'm like, no, yeah. I won't. Yeah. Like I won't. This is the opposite. I don't, <laughs> no, <laughs> why like did you ask We're that, never going to play right? this again. <laughs> or you're, or you're, or you're on Facebook and it's like, why did that put that ad there? I have no interest in that. Yeah, um, that's exactly. Well, before we wrap up, I just want to touch uh-huh. on, on one more thing. Um, circling back to the beginning of our conversation, we're talking like about music. What, like what, you've got a lot of time being consumed with with what you're working on now but do you still find time for like creative pursuits that are that are in that vein like do you still have uh, i I mean for lack of i mean not hobbies but let's let's go there like what do you because i think that there's that too that 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 is a definite purveyor of and and a indicator of happiness as well right it is. Um, if this was a video feed, you would see that I'm actually sitting in my studio with uh, walls of guitars and a bunch of gold records and a bunch of audio gear sitting here. So yes, I, I do. Um, I, I actually, um, 
I was very proud to, to, to find that I had a number one record uh, last year in a few territories in Africa and in the, <clears throat> a few other places with a song called I've Been Thinking About You, a band called Good Luck. Mm-hmm. And um, I, two days a week, sometimes two and a half days a week, I, I actually work as a professional songwriter here in LA and about half my income comes from that. Um, so I am actively, yeah, doing both things, left brain, right brain. Oh, back to the left brain. Oh no, it's the right brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're working in, they're working in cohesion, uh, in cahoots. Uh, and, and I mean, the great thing is, is I think that, I think it's important to know that, that, you know, productivity, you know, and this is, I, I think a great way to, it's, it's not just about doing things that, that you need to do, but ultimately you want to get to do the things that you want to do. And, and that, mm-hmm. that's a big, big component. And uh, I really wanted to have a chance to have a chat with you, Will. Yeah. You know, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a Thank while, you. and especially to celebrate like the 200th episode. This was a <laughs> this was a longer. We, Thank you. We normally only do like half hour episodes, but oh. this one, the, no, no. But I wanted to, I wanted to make All sure. Right. And I mean, for people who are like, you know, yeah, a lot, focus at Will is a tool that I've used. I have no problem talking about something like that. But I also wanted to dive into some of the stuff that, you know, yeah. is related, like distractibility and, you know, I mean, happiness and, and kind of the evolution of an entrepreneur as well, right? Because you've, yes. you've, you've, you mean, this has been a, a journey and it's a, an ongoing one. And, and how, yes. you know, and, 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 you know, I mean, it's, it's, plus it gives me a chance to do at least a 10 second snippet of a London beat song at some point during the episode. So there you go. <laughs> Please <then>. do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will, where can people go? Um, you know, to find out more about you, what you do, and, and learn more about Focus at Will and, and other things that you've got going on. Well, my email address is will at focus at will. <laughs> there <laughs> <Really>. you go. <laughs> you can reach me there. Um, we we don't have a very active uh, Facebook page. It we we post occasionally on it, but it turns out to be a huge time distraction for us. Um, you can reach, you can see what we're doing on there. Our Twitter feeds fairly. Um, active too, but you can reach me. I'm, I'm always happy to talk to people about productivity. How's, how, tell me, is this working for you? More importantly, tell me if it's not. Why? Is, is there anything I can do to help someone that this doesn't work for? And, and that's not a, that's not a, 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 um, when I say that, I'm not like trying to think about, oh, I could make some money now. I'm actually genuinely saying, if music doesn't work for you to help you focus, is there something else? What is it? Um, and that's kind of what my focus is right now. You're moving onto a chair from a stool. There's a fourth leg coming. I can feel it. Will, thanks so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it. A real pleasure, Mike. And I've been a fan of yours as well for, for a long time. So congratulations in hitting the 200 mark. And I'm, I'm honored to have been chosen to be the, uh, the guest for that, uh, that milestone. Well, thanks again for joining me. All right. Thanks to Will Henshaw for joining me this week on the show and celebrating this special episode. I'm in the midst of cooking up something kind of cool with Focus at Will as well. Uh, Once that's ready to go, I'll share it with you. If you're listening to this as the episode is is launched, uh, it's not quite ready yet, but soon. So uh, stay tuned and uh, I'll make sure that you you hear about it. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's helped make this show possible. And I'm going to start with uh, my producer, John Polster, who has been with me for nearly every step of the way with this podcast. Um, you know, it's been a great journey. You're going to hear really cool stuff that we're working on behind the scenes as well in the in the next uh, weeks and months to come. Actually, as, as we're recording this, uh, we're about three weeks away, I think, about less than three weeks away from me seeing John at a conference in Boise. We haven't seen each other in a while, so I'm looking forward to that. But without John, this show doesn't happen nearly as effectively as it does. So big thanks to my producer, John Polster, for that. A special thanks to my assistant, Claire, as well, who helps put the show together in terms of getting things up, you know, the WordPress posts and uh, up on the, the uh, you know, where we host it, which is now Transistor. We've moved it from Simplecast to Transistor to host the episodes. So we've moved that. So thanks to her for just or, for organizing that stuff. Thanks to my, my wife, Anne, who ha- goes through a lot of the material. Uh, if I don't have a chance to go through it, she'll, she'll go through the books as like a second perspective because she's not a productivity nerd like me. So she can give me some perspective that I might miss. Uh, and kind of keeps me on track with this stuff as well. And, uh, you know, I'm, Jim Woods had a lot to do with the show. 
uh, even, you know, leading up to episodes you're going to hear, uh, he helped out with show notes and stuff like that. And he was, a he's, uh, been a great help with productivity. So big thanks to him as well, but big thanks to you for listening. My patrons who have been part of me through Patreon and we're, we're making some changes there as well. If you want to know more about those changes, you can go to productivityist.com slash membership to learn more about that. Uh, but all of you from, from the people who have supported me through Patreon to you who's listening right now. Thank you so much for helping me put together uh, 200 episodes of a show that is about basically personal productivity and time management, intention and attention. And I'm at a point now where I am 10 years into podcasting now, starting off with a podcast about <laughs> basically as a productivity parody uh, you know, commentator. Uh, to doing a Canadian pop culture podcast, to doing a show on the 5x5 network, to continuing on to do my own stuff, to doing shows with uh, for Work Awesome. Who I used to work with. I've been podcasting for a long time and hitting another big milestone mark with episode 200 here is, is a big deal and there's more to come. Uh, I love podcasting. I'm not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, if anything... I'm going to make things even better. So thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with a shiny new episode of the show. Until then, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.